We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our number two to get right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, mm-hmm. Rigo Mendoza, hold it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey. And the Odyssey app. What are we expecting as the good guys, your Texas Rangers, head to the American League Division Series to take on the Baltimore Orioles? We'll discuss that here on your home of the Texas Rangers at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg at a tool if you want to get at us on Twitter coming up in 18 minutes. Which NFL players have made themselves some money through the first month of the season? We'll get back into the NFL coming up in about 17 minutes. The truckred.com text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation with you until 11 o'clock tonight here on 105.3 The Fan. It was a glorious day in St. Petersburg, Florida, as the Texas Rangers behind a terrific performance from Nathan Evaldi, the young man, Evan Carter, who has shined bright on the big stage of the MLB playoffs so far. In fact, Rigo, uh, hit me with cut number four because my man has gone smooth off so far in these playoffs and has got Rangers fans loving the way he's performed so far. Now two outs, Carter the batter with the runner at third. And that one is swung on and hit deep to right. Way back there. That ball is history. The kid has done it again. Evan Carter with a laser two-run homer. The Rangers lead four to nothing. He has not made an out in postseason in six plate appearances, three extra base hits, and three walks. The Hall of Famer Eric Nadell on the call today. That was part of a terrific fourth inning for the Texas Rangers as they put up four runs, starting with Adolis Garcia uh, with his solo shot to begin that fourth inning in what was an all-around great game today. Now the attention turns to the American League Division Series, uh, which begins on Saturday, Reds, when the Texas Rangers go to Baltimore to begin their seven-game series. Am I going to be? I'm, am I going to be the Debbie Downer again? You bet your bottom dollar. This is <laughs> this is the team in the AL that I think is like. Uh, I mean, clearly they are the one seed in the AL, but it felt very clear that this was like the cream of the crop. And everybody else was going to contend for second. And after that, I'm I look, I've been penciling the the O's into the World Series at this point. Now, of course, you hope that the Rangers and the way that they have shown offensively in these first two games are able to do something against them. But I have a few concerns that I'm going to speak on. Okay. Here. First of all, I would like to use this opportunity to very much praise the starting pitching that your Rangers have gotten mm-hmm. in the wild card series. When you talk about Jordan Montgomery going seven, you talk about Nathan Evaldi going six and two thirds, and both of those were really, really good. Now, of course, remember, as the A17 reminds us, it's the best of seven. Sorry, best of five. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it is a best of five. I'm sorry. Um, yes, I'm sorry. Who is your starting pitcher? Because you were already asking that question for a potential game three in the wild card series. 
Well, I mean, based on the way this is going down, today's Wednesday. Jordan Montgomery started yesterday. Start him on short rest. You can possibly start him on short rest. Come back around to Evaldi on short rest. I mean, it's for me, I guess I'm looking at either Jordan Montgomery or Dane Dunning starting game one of the American League Division Series. And Dane Dunning, remember we talked to Mike Bassick last night, and one of the things that he mentioned is that even if Dane Dunning started, that might not be like a – you might not be getting or hoping for a complete start in that instance. You might be getting a few a few uh, innings, maybe like three, four innings, and then bullpen after that. And one of the things that we talked about was hopefully limiting your bullpen in some yeah. ways, <laughs> understanding the limits that they have displayed over time. You only had to use three bullpen arms in the wild card series. That's not going to be the same thing. Um, oh, it's already been announced that Dane is pitching. Okay, so I okay, missed that I, announcement. I had not seen that. Okay. Now, so. where I haven't seen an announcement, of course, are great Tolos uh, on the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. Let me know if you've seen it because I, I just ran a search again. Um, the Orioles have not specified, at least to my knowledge, who their starters are going to be. Likely, it'll be Kyle Bradish in game one and Grayson Rodriguez in game two. Kyle Bradish clear ace for um for the um for the Orioles has a 283 ERA through this season or oh, sorry yeah 283 through the season and through his last uh through the last 7 games has a 220 ERA that's a bad man oh boy that's a bad man as a starter now maybe you think especially with the bats that this team has hopefully you get him out of the game, knock him out of the game relatively early. Again, against the po- it's the postseason. If you can, if you can threaten enough, you might be able to get into the bullpen. Orioles bullpen has been a monster <laughs> all season, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, Felix Bautista is like a legitimate closer. That unfortunately for them, they lost when he tore his UCL. Now, when it comes to the Orioles, their ERA in 128 games through August 25th, when Bautista tore, tore his UCL. They had a 3.55 ERA. Remember that number, 3.55. Their Orioles bullpen ERA in the 34 games after that was a 3.54. Okay. So like this pitching is going to be tough. Yeah. You are, you are going to have to make make you it. You have to work cut out for you. Absolutely. It's going to be tough for you offensively against this team. So you're going to have to be really solid. Again, you had great approaches at the plate in this wild card series. I don't know if you could turn that up, but you're going to need to keep it at, a, at the same high level, good eye, good approaches, because this is going to be a team that is tough okay. to uh, battle when it comes to the pitching that you're going to be seeing. Uh, shout out to the uh, 860. Said that uh, Jared Sandler had discussed that. I had not had a chance to listen to the the pregame or the postgame, I should say, afterwards when the Rangers took care of business against the Tampa Bay Rays. But look, at the same time, when you look at what's going on for the Texas Rangers based off of what they've done so far in the series – what I'm expecting now moving forward is how much do these young guys continue to show up in these big moments? Because we saw not just Evan Carter today, but also Josh Young and how well he performed in the clincher for the Texas Rangers today as well. Can these youngsters continue to put forward the kind of performances the way that they have done so far in the postseason to help this Rangers team? If you can get those contributions from those guys as well, you obviously have seen Adolis Garcia had the home run today as well. Seager, Simeon, 
if you're going to get these contributions from these young guys, you got yourself a good chance, even with how good Baltimore is in terms of what they present from a pitching staff standpoint. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see these, these Rangers go up against the Baltimore Orioles. But uh, look, man. I think that you're playing great baseball right now, which is great, right? Obviously, you want to be playing your best baseball this time of year. I just know that that's a really tough team to face face off against, and they're going to make it tough on you. I imagine they're not going to have the same issues that Tampa had, which, by the way, were you surprised to see Tampa again playing relatively poorly in the field? Uh, unserious on the defensive side <laughs> for the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't Kevin Cash got a lot of explaining to do uh, with his ball club because it did not feel like they came up and were ready to play at all in each of these first two games, in, in both of the games of the series. And it showed in the field in particular uh, with how sloppy they were defensively in both of these ball games. So, yeah, Kevin Cash got a lot to answer for because for Tampa to be as good as they were throughout the regular season to come up extremely small in the wild card round against the Texas Rangers, yeah, he's got some questions that he needs to answer this offseason because that team has been too good for them to have the kind of results uh, and not being able to make it deeper, especially this year, uh, with the talented team that they have. So, real quick, I want to let our listenership know, and Rodrigo, please help me with this, because you're the one who's seeing it. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, you said flash flood warning for Dallas County? Yeah, that would be in Dallas County and Rockwall, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Okay, so y'all be safe out there. There's a flash flood warning for Dallas County and Rockwall, as my friend Rodrigo is letting me know. Um, so, yeah, be safe out there. That's I see a lot of folks out there. Rockwall. Okay, yeah, so um, okay. if you could double-check for me how long that one is under underway for, because obviously, KG, you're going to be in place until 11 at least. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that continues through when you are supposed to be out on the roads. Hell, I might need to spend the night at the Star in Frisco at that game. <laughs> uh, which my wife would not be too thrilled about. But no, at the same time, look, man, and from the Detroit Red.com context line, 877-881-1053 uh, from the 972, steal a game there. If we play this way, we've got a chance. And look, you're a team that's playing with house money. You feel good, obviously, about what you did in Tampa. You've got terrific starting pitching performances from Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Evaldi. The offense was really good in this series as well. And now you got a chance against the best team in the American League to go in there, play free, have fun, and let's see what happens in this series where you're not picked to win against Baltimore. But if the offense, which was arguably the best in the American League and statistically was the best in the league in the American League all season long, let's see what that looks like against that pitching staff and whether or not the challenge is accepted by these hitters to be able to make something happen and be able to steal maybe game one in this series to make sure that you have a real legitimate chance to maybe beat Baltimore in the division series. So that flash flood warning I was telling you about goes till 12.15 a.m. So it's it's going to be it's gonna be tough out there. Be careful. Um, now, KG, did you see that uh, – obviously we, we talked about how DeGrom, Scherzer, a whole bunch of Cy Youngs that are sitting on the sideline right now because of injuries – Max Scherzer is, had, a, had another step in his rehab. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he had an intense bullpen session today um, for more than, more than three hours before the game. And apparently, according to Evan Grant at uh, Dallas Morning News, twice he emphatically shouted, finally, 
So it sounds like there's a level of kind of relief on him. He seems excited to be getting that uh, opportunity to have like a full bullpen as, po- as opposed to kind of like a light bullpen, which he had done um, last week. Now, of course, what what's interesting to see in the recovery process is how he responds to that because sure. last time he you know he had the he had the uh, light um, light bullpen and he said that it quote amplified the soreness in the muscle. So obviously how it reacts is going to be necessary. But if that is if that's good, if there's a good reaction to that on the backside, maybe just maybe, provided that your your offense continues to play the way that you needed to, provided the entire team shows out the way they need to, you can maybe see, maybe just maybe see Max Scherzer back on on the field in a way that's real. Because I understand like we've had these conversations in kind of the abstract, but it all felt so far away that I wasn't wanting to engage with it. This feels just a little bit more tangible now. Yeah, Tim Kirchhoff of ESPN was detailing during the game that, you know, reaching 90 miles an hour in terms of the bullpen session that he was throwing today. Uh, I still don't think, though, that you will see him, obviously, in the division series. My guess would be you probably wouldn't see him, even if they made it to the American League Championship Series. The earliest, I feel like, would be if you were able to get him back for the World Series, if you make it that far then that's where you would see a Max Scherzer still maybe a few weeks away from returning. But as you mentioned, another positive step moving forward for him, and he's getting closer to maybe being a contributor to this team during the postseason. Uh, But I'm not bringing Max Scherzer back until you feel confident that he is as close to 100% at this point in the season as as he can be, uh, given the stakes of what you're dealing with, obviously, in the postseason right now. So, look, I'm happy, though. This is my Mizzou guy, man, Max Scherzer. So I'm happy to see him get out there and handle business. But more importantly, the Texas Rangers win the wild card round, and they take out the Tampa Bay Rays with the clean sweep today. Uh, Shout out to a gutsy performance from Nathan Evaldi. A lot of talk about how poor he was, obviously, during the second half of the year, continuing to rehab at the major league level, put together one hell of a performance today uh, when his team needed it most to help them advance to take on the Baltimore Orioles. That division series begins on Saturday. Uh, by the way, that game, game one on Saturday, 12 o'clock, mm-hmm. high noon. There's going to be a lot going on between Texas OU, the Rangers taking on the Baltimore Orioles. Like A lot going on uh, on Saturday, mid-morning and afternoon. So a lot to tune in if you are a fan of those two teams in particular. It's to get right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we get back into the NFL conversation. Uh, which of these players has made themselves some money during the f- first month of the season, including this Dallas Cowboy? We do it next on 105 through the fan.
This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Frankel and Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in the DFW. And if your loved one have been injured in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214 or 817-333-3333. Which NFL players have made themselves some money in the first month of the season? It's the Get Right. Reggie KG here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. What's happening? Regal Mendoza holding it down for you here on your turn it on, leave it on stage. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation as I'm holding back, nobody. Trust me. I <laughs> uh, appreciate you joining us, however, and wherever you may be listening to us here. On your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers coming up in, oh, 18 minutes or so. We're going to go inside the gray area where, of course, there is no gray area. I've often heard that, yeah. That there is no gray area? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, it's it's said all the time in my general vicinity. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, just people walk up to me all the time. You know, you know that gray area? There is no gray area in there. Not when it comes to my segment. It may be the gray area, but trust me, there is... <laughs> no gray area. Maybe or maybe not. Uh, there's some guys that have made themselves some money uh, so far this season. And it's we are to the point now in the NFL year where we can kind of start doing some evaluation sure. of some of these teams based on what they've put out on tape uh, so far. And there are also guys that we can look at and say, hmm, what will their next contracts begin to look like based on what they've done so far this season? This comes from uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, uh, who covers the NFL on a national level. Always does good work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, this is no real shade toward him. His oh. stuff is always like extra long. <laughs> like, oh, the I, long form? Yeah, he got a lot of long form stuff, man. And I'd be like, oh, damn, Jeremy, I can't, I got, I got 15 minutes right now to read you you know, long ass article. Got to skim. Got to skim. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got to go. Mm-hmm. You know, go to the give me the give me the, the cliff notes. That's bullet, right. Bullet points of this stuff, man. Uh, but he does have some good stuff here when it comes to some of these players who have made themselves some money. He breaks it down into what is five different categories, which are top performers among free agents to be, unsung players getting paid, not free agents but will get big deals, more free agent quarterback stock, need a better October. Those are the five categories that he has. Is there a category in particular that you would like to go to uh, as we see who has made themselves some money so far? This There's episode? actually a, a particular individual oh, that I would okay. like to go to. Okay. I, I, I need Maya Culpas. Um, I'm, I'm big on being very honest with the, when the times that I am wrong. Okay. Um, and appreciating the times that I'm right. Okay. In this instance, we're talking about the wrong. All right. Um. And I don't even feel like I've been that wrong. However, this man has showed out and is within the category of more free agent quarterback stock. Okay. There's a man who signed uh, a very short-term deal to follow in the steps of one Thomas Brady. Mm. Baker Mayfield has been hooping. Baker Mayfield. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been playing very well. uh, Ranked seventh in QBR, according to Jeremy Fowler. Mm -hmm. Um, And when it comes down to, like, advanced metrics, top five. When it comes to EPA and uh, completion percentage over expected, like he is doing very well with himself, showing out incredibly well. And that's a team that I think that 
I, I don't want to speak for anybody else. It's not a good way of playing this. But I think for me, I think some of the reasons why that team was not as good last year was ignored because, like, there's still a lot of talent on that team. And that man has done a good job of facilitating within that system and doing what is necessary to, you know, play well. While still picking up a decent amount of yards through the air, you know. And so he's doing a damn good job on a team that a lot of people wrote off and talked badly about him. Now, to be fair to everybody else, including myself on the outside, they was talking about playing Kyle Trask instead of you, my boy. But um, <laughs> Baker Mayfield rose to challenge, and I, I definitely was allowing some, like, past negativity to cloud my judgment there. Baker Mayfield looked really good through the first month of the season. He has. You give him a lot of credit for what he's been able to do so far um, this year. And more importantly, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're playing good football uh, at 3-1, and one, and Baker Mayfield has been a part of that. Now, here's the question that I have when it comes to whether or not you're going to decide to, if Baker Mayfield keeps this up, uh, going into what may be a decent contract for him if he stays with Tampa. Uh, how much are you willing to invest with him knowing that Mike Evans isn't playing ever again for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after this season? Because there's that. Because he, Mike Evans, after this year, he's not coming back to Tampa. It's not happening. And that's that's a dude who has also set himself up for some money. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oof, I don't know, man. Like, and I, I'm not sure how much you're supposed to invest in Baker Mayfield as like your future, anyways. True. Like, I think that that needs to be some level of stop back, stop gap. Um, but if you ha- again, you have so much talent. If you're still able to maintain some of it, understanding that the defense has been gnarly, right? When you have a defense of that caliber and you have a division that's winnable in that way, historically the way the NFL teams have played it is that you put the things around you to necessarily try and go and do a a level of winning that gives you close to doing this. And I don't know, unless they're going to do some real tearing this apart, I think that you you have to kind of buy in on that in a in a certain way where all right he can he can distribute in the way that we need to get all this talent in a place where maybe you can make the playoffs and then do I don't know something. Well, you know who it, who we else thought was a stopgap for a while, and you should be particular. Who Eugene? Yeah, yeah. Seattle thought that Geno Smith was a stopgap, and turns out, oh, he actually might be good at this. But uh, even then, right? You say that. He might be good at this, and he is good to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. They gave him a contract that feels kind of like a stopgap, right? It was like three years, if I remember correctly, and they did it with the understanding that they are going to go and get a lot of young talent and a lot of talent to put around him where he is not the engine of this. He is here to facilitate and distribute within this. And I, that honestly might be what we're talking about when, we, when we're um, we're talking about make, Baker Mayfield. And you may be able to do some of the same similar things with maybe – finding someone in the draft to be able to bring in young talent around Baker Mayfield if he continues to show uh, the promise that he has shown so far um, this year. Uh, Another quarterback that made that particular list, which I find to be very interesting because he could make himself even more money if he handles business against Cincinnati this weekend, uh, that's Josh Dobbs. (laughs) And you saw what he did, of course, against the Dallas Cowboys and what that rushing attack did there. Um, Look, man, he's completing – 70.7% 70.7% of his passes for 814 yards and four touchdowns to zero interceptions right now for a team that, of course, does not have Kyler Murray. Josh Dobbs has acquitted himself very nicely so far through the first month of the year for them. Yeah, I think Josh Dobbs has made himself money in that he is now going to be the backup quarterback that's paid nicer. 
Like, I think that's because I, no, I don't know that anybody looks at Josh Dobbins like I want to put my team in his hands. But Correct. He's starting to get to the point where you're like, oh, we're getting close to great backup status, which is can come in and win you the game, but is not going to steal your quarterback's job. Correct. And uh, so good for that young man because he's also done this on hard mode, right, where it's just <laughs> been like bring him in and throw him in in circumstances that are not really advantageous, and he's handled himself and acquitted himself fairly well. So, yeah. Good on, good on that man, and he's really shown some things to the league, I imagine. I love this category here. Not free agents, but will get new deals. Now, the obvious one in this particular category, of course, is Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is going to become the highest-paid defensive player in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to remind you how stupid good he is, he leads the NFL with a 36.4% pass rush win rate. Is that good? Jeez. I imagine that's good. Uh, but the one I want to highlight on this list, because there's a couple of others, obviously, with Justin Jefferson, uh, Tristan Wirth, speaking of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the one in particular on this list who has been talking about hooping so far mm-hmm. through the first month of the year, yeah, that's Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> the quarterback, of course, of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, could be – you talked about Christian McCaffrey being an MVP candidate. Tua Tagovailoa is right there as well as a early MVP candidate – based on the terrific year that he's had so far, putting up all the yards, all the touchdowns, and all the points so far for Mike McDaniel's offense in Miami. Yeah, that one's easy, man. They have a quarterback with a team that is going to be good, and they never wavered on him. This is just like, hey. They stuck with him. Yeah. Once it gets to that point, you give him his deal. Like that's That seems to be the way that this goes. Like He is above whatever we're deciding is the modern Mendoza line or the Andy Dalton line, as I used to call it uh, at a certain point. He's above that, and so you get it done, and then you keep it moving. Like this, That's actually very simple calculus for the Miami Dolphins. Another category, which is very interesting, players who need to be uh, – who need, need a better October mm-hmm. if they want to get paid. Now, I don't know why Fowler has one particular player on this list because he's not going to play another down with Chicago ever again, uh, it feels like at this point, and that's Chase Claypool. Um, that That's a – you can just go ahead and write that off at this particular point. Yeah, but I imagine that does also doesn't help, right? And maybe the idea is wherever he ultimately gets traded to, if the, he if they are capable of facilitating a trade, they will have given up some level of capital so they feel inclined to keep him around. Maybe that's something. But he hasn't really done very much in his career to this point that makes you feel like he is in necessity to in any program, right? That you need to spend money. He might end up starting to be one of those free agent wide receivers that teams use to fill out their wide receiving core. And that's not really a fun place to be because that means you're on the edges and the outskirts of the league, possibly falling out, especially with the way the wide receivers are constantly being developed out of college now. Mm-hmm. Uh, another player that made this list and the other cowboy that made this list. How about Tyron Smith? Mm-hmm. Now, here is what Fowler says when it comes to Smith. Smith is playing in the last season of an eight-year contract. Eight. <laughs> and several evaluators say he's still got value at age 32 with the theory that even a 60 to 70% of Tyron Smith once the game's premier left tackle is still good. But, of course, durability is the primary concern. And he's already missed two games this year, which marks 35 absences since 2020 that's so many um jerry jones in particular has never wavered in talking about tyron smith and he will not 
However, not. I wonder if this organization is starting to turn a corner with their MOs. We're like, obviously, they try and take care of their legends. But I wonder if Ezekiel Elliott, I understand that's a different position with different, um, you know, different level of value proposition. But I wonder if that is maybe going to be a level of insight into how the Cowboys might handle this, where they look up and they go, now that we're in a place where we're not obligated to you at this point, We've given you what we can, and we're just going to do a very clean evaluation of do we want you to bring you back. And in all reality, you start doing the math, and you already have your left tackle of the future. right? You're already moving to that place. You see his the lack of availability, and you see the quality of play that you're still getting when he is available, and it might all lead into it might not be worth the squeeze. Ultimately, so I, I'm I'm very interested in seeing how the Cowboys handle this because this go this could go that way with you know some of the thoughts on the Cowboys have become a little bit more in line with you know league thoughts mm-hmm. on valuing players and such. But we always know there's a little bit and I, it, it feels unfair to constantly put it on Jerry. However, y'all be seeing it, y'all know Jerry. Yeah, um, there's something in Jerry that sometimes he just has his favorites. Or he he feels the need, and it's probably unfair to say has his favorites because there's a reason no, why he does. There's he a reason does. why former Cowboys love this organization. Yes. for the most part, and it's because they try and take care of the ones that they love. And Tyron Smith fits squarely in that category, future Ring of Honor guy. So, what's the old adage that Bill Belichick uses when it comes to moving on from a player? What is it? It's better to move on a year early than a year too late. You might have missed that window already. That's my point. Okay. That's my point. Got you. Got you. Because this would have been the year, in my humble opinion, that if you were going to move on from Tyron, you would have done it. Because what did you just mention? You've got your future left tackle in Tyler Smith. And if you were ready to initiate that now, you should have done that by moving on from Tyron. But you didn't because you told me, Jerry, Steven, and this organization, that you feel like your best five, even with the durability concerns of Tyron Smith, who hasn't played a full season since 2015, that he is still part of your best five. And what have we seen so far? None of your best five so far to begin this season. So this would have been the year to move on from Tyron if you were willing to do it. They were not. And here we are still trying to figure out how they find some measure of continuity on this offensive line. Sure. Well, we haven't seen the starting five so far this but year. I think that I think the neutral zone in between those two things, right, is like that would have taken a an action, an actual action to cut him or let him go, which I don't think that they want to do for a dude who is a, somewhat a legend in the organization's history. I think that the the idea of not re-signing him is a different is a different action. It's not actively letting him go. It's just like, well, we've reached this point where it's there's a path of least resistance. You know, if that makes sense. And I understand what you the think two. They're trying to let him down gently, is what you're sounding like. It's possible. It's yeah, possible. Or, that's what it sounds. Or maybe like. I can even just say it's easier to make the decision in that instance because it doesn't take you actively having to do something. You can just kind of let him go. Um, now the two one four does point to the idea, and this is very right. The exception is that. Offensive linemen are very necessary, and especially in this league, there's there's not enough to go around. So when you have one that you feel is capable of still being a starter. Well, what does it matter if he can't play anyway and it's not available? Like, I get the sentiment. Trust me, I get the sentiment. But if he's not available, what does it matter? And unfortunately for Tyrant, as great as Tyrant is, as much as he's on his road to Canton, he hasn't been available and continues to be unavailable. And I love Tyrant. Love Tyrant. But at some point, organizationally, you got to make a decision – and maybe you've hit the nail on the head when it comes to, we'll just let him down gently, let him finish it out, 
and then we'll move off of him and then start the whole Tyler Smith at left tackle going into next year. Uh, but those are some players uh, who have made themselves some money and still have some work to do uh, this upcoming season. Uh, by the way, somebody who's already going to make themselves a bunch of money anyway. Who's that? Uh, Chris Jones. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Jones. Yeah. I mean, he was trying to make that money earlier than he yeah. <laughs> He was like, I'm not going to show up. And they're uh-huh. like, really? He's like, all yeah. right, we'll, we'll figure out the money for this year. And, and low-key caught an L with that contract he got going into the season. So. It'll be interesting to see if he does indeed get what he wants on the back end of that. <laughs> I'm sure the Chiefs uh, will find a way to make it happen because, you know, he's their best defensive player. And he makes that whole thing, whole thing go. Yeah. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we're going to go inside the gray area where this particular Apple Watch is now obsolete. Next on the Get Right. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Guess what, Texas? It's Classic Chevrolet's truck month at Classic Chevrolet. Like you, grit runs deep. They're determined to get you the toughest trucks with the biggest savings. Over 300 new Silverados on the ground. Unprecedented one-time offers. Claim yours before it's gone. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads. About to go inside the gray area where, of course, there is no gray area on the Get Right. We're Reggie KG here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, mm-hmm. Rigo Mendoza holding it down for you here on this Wednesday night. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckrate.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. I want to keep our, uh, our listening audience uh, informed as much as we can. So in addition to the flash flood warnings for Dallas County and Rockwall, correct, Rodrigo? Make sure I'm not stepping out of bounds in any ways. Uh, Tarrant County has been added to that. So a lot of our listening uh, audience, well, I guess I shouldn't say a lot. There's a lot of folks under the sound of our voice, and we appreciate you rocking with us. But Dallas, Tarrant County, Rockwall County, we're all under a flash for a warning. Be careful. Be safe out there. Yes, please take care of yourselves and your families and be safe out there. If you absolutely have to be out, please be as careful as you can. Uh, don't forget to come hang out with us on Sunday night mm-hmm. uh, at Old 75 Beer Garden, just off 75 uh, in Richardson. Uh, the Get Right, myself and Reginald Attitude will be hanging out uh, with the Tolos and Cowboys Nation to watch the Cowboys take on the San Francisco 49ers, a rivalry renewed 
in Santa Clara as the Cowboys look to take out San Francisco. But, yeah, come hang out with us at Old 75 Beer Garden. Uh, looking to have some uh, some fun out there. Looking forward to that. Yeah, and the thing that I said is, like, worst case scenario, if things go bad for the Cowboys, you're amongst friends. Cheap yeah. beer. Cheap beer. Nachos, right? You can vent. Exactly. You know, give us your takes on the Cowboys, that kind of thing. We we will hear your takes. <laughs> if you if you want to yell takes directly at our faces for a short you period can, of time, you, you can, you do, can that. do that. Yeah. You, you can do that. Very short period of time. Right, because we're going to try to enjoy ourselves as well. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Rigo, let's go inside the gray area here on the Get Right, the truckred.com text line. Again, 877-881-1053 if you want to get involved. The headline goes like this, gentlemen. Uh, the 18-carat gold Apple Watch that sold for $17,000 at launch is now officially obsolete. You said 15000 uh, seventeen thousand. Okay, my bad. I just misplaced two two thousand right quick. Seventeen thousand is obsolete. Uh, <laughs> That's tough. Uh, apparently so. Uh, in twenty fourteen, Apple announced it was once again expanding its technological empire with the help of the Apple Watch. Of course, the inaugural line included a luxury option that sold between uh, for between ten and seventeen thousand dollars. But now it has become, quote-unquote, obsolete. But why, though? So, as it goes here, the Apple Watch obviously does more than just, you know, tell time. I sure would hope so. Um, But at one point, I don't know if you remember this, uh, the company at one point had to shell out uh, $500 million to settle a dispute over allegations. It released software designed to get iPhone users to upgrade to a new device. As That's a res- right. As a result, mm-hmm. anyone who buys an Apple Watch does so knowing it probably is only a matter of time until it becomes kind of a relic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's planned obsolescence. I- exactly. Yeah, yeah. I- exactly. Yeah. Um, now, when you consider the cheapest aluminum model retailed for $349 in 2015, the stainless steel option was a bit steeper with the starting price of $549. I think most early adopters felt like they got their they got their money's worth. Yeah, see like and obviously like it changed the way that you kick it. In fact, like I also have a smartwatch, it's not an Apple, but like mm-hmm. I never would have bought one for myself except my mom's got me one for my birthday and it was like, "Okay, I wouldn't have bought this for myself because it isn't absolutely necessary, but it's convenient." Right? And that's what you're paying for is that added convenience. I don't right. know how seventeen thousand. I don't know how that worked for the convenience, especially once once it ultimately becomes obsolete on the back end. Um, I mean, look, man, status symbol clearly is what that was at the particular. I hope you were stunned. I really hope so. Because this is the thing: I'm not somebody like I don't use Apple products, but I'm not somebody that's like I hate Apple products. I just hope that like whatever the additional value that you were seeking out of like you know that. You're getting right. That's my big thing. Is like, are you getting the value that you want out of it? And I hope you are, because if you pay seventeen thousand, you better stunt, buddy. Yeah, yeah, because I'm pretty much wearing that thing everywhere. <laughs> if I spent seventeen grand uh, on a watch, I'm trying to think like, what's the most money I'd be willing to spend on like a Rolex or something like that? If I ever- while you contemplate that, I need to give some more updates to our listening audience. Sure. Where apparently we have a tornado warning now. 
in effect for Dallas and Ellis counties. That goes from 945, which is about now, to 1045. You got about an hour of a tornado warning uh, for Dallas and Ellis counties. Okay. Uh, so, again, please, please be careful and take shelter as you need to. Do you want to play the game where we try and remember which one is which with the tornado warning slash tornado watch? Uh, what game would that be? Trying to remember what, what the watch versus warning means. Uh, yeah, because I always forget. Same, same. Well, like the warning means it's like imminent. There's been one spotted. Is that is that what? Yeah. Let's let's do the Googles. Uh, tornado watch means get ready. Warning means move now to safety. So yeah, yeah like Ellis imminent. Ellis County, be in safe spaces because we are currently in a tornado warning. Okay. Uh, the headline goes like this. Dermatologist reveals the reasons mosquitoes bite some people but leave others alone. Because some of y'all, ooh, you know what? I'm going to learn. KG, please teach me. If you've ever felt like mosquitoes seem more drawn to you than the other people around you, well, it's possible that they actually are. Uh, Dermatologist Lindsay Zabritsky recently explained some of the reasons why. Now, she begins by explaining that you may be more attractive to the blood-sucking bugs based on simply your blood type. Quote, oh, mm-hmm. mosquitoes tend to find that people with blood type O are way, quote-unquote, tastier uh, than any <laughs> of the other blood types. Okay. Oh, you got that good blood. Okay, I see you, dog. <laughs> uh, quote, another thing mosquitoes are attracted to... Mosquitoes are attracted to carbon dioxide. The heavier you breathe, the more attractive you're going to be. People who are Uh-oh. larger or more obese tend to breathe Uh-oh. more often and breathe more carbon dioxide, therefore are more attracted to mosquitoes. So I love the tone of your voice as you continue to read that. Because I feel like she's trying to come for me. My man is under attack. Yeah, like help. I need to. Help KG, the mosquitoes are coming. Like I knew I needed to, you know, lose a few pounds. But damn, uh, apparently for not just, you know, health reasons, but apparently these mosquitoes uh, will come for your boy. Mm, that's not. Well, anecdotally, have you noticed that? In your uh, in your lifestyle or in your situation? No, but I feel like it's gonna start happening now, which means I'm gonna be inside a lot. Thanks. Wait, are you You're saying you just jinxed yourself? <laughs> Would you say? Are you saying you just jinxed yourself? Probably, uh, probably in that way. I'm, I'm invoking my uh, inner Bobby Belt at this particular. Point. Don't do that to me, Swaggy Booties. I didn't insinuate that about KGB and fat. I didn't say that. I, I self-deprecation. Okay, you know, it's okay. Appreciate Swaggy Booties though. Thank you so much. Um. Another thing she says, quote, the color of clothing you wear may determine whether or not you get bit. Hold on. Quote, darker colors like black and green, Reggie, are easier ah. for the mosquitoes to spot. So ah. if you want to avoid getting bit, try wearing a lighter color like white. Man, I'd be wearing KG, a black KG, what does and it green say about that white and black shirt? Excuse me? What does it say about that white and black shirt? Oh, true. You. you I've already that. gotten. Don't look. I've already come from my own. You know, uh, self in this particular way. Pause. Um, <laughs> I'm marking that. <laughs> um, Do I have to be the camera of the situation and say, "Yo, that's crazy." Yep. Yep. That's right. right. That's gotcha. right. Uh, in another TikTok video, Doctor Zabritsky shared even more reasons why some people get bit more often by the annoying insects than others. Quote: Mosquitoes are attracted to sweat. 
If oh, they coming who, for the big boys again. That's <laughs> tough. That is not right. And people who have a high a higher temperature, they are particularly attracted to things like ammonia, uh, uric acid, lactic acid. And so people who exercise quite a bit are more likely to get by mosquitoes. So Hold all on, y'all, we're just, yeah, we're just getting a whole bunch of pe- people get bit warriors. by. Like it's it, at some point, we're just gonna have categories that involve everybody. Everybody gets is more say, likely to w- get bitten. What's the moral of the story here? Where mosquitoes where, come some, for all of us? <laughs> yeah, where where some uh, pest repellent? Yeah, get you a citronella ca- candle or something. I don't know. She goes on to say, "Quote: Other things that can make you more susceptible to mosquito bites is drinking beer." The study found that just drinking one 12-ounce can of beer can make you more attractive to mosquitoes. Huh. Finally, the grossest reason why they uh-uh. why these nasty bloodsuckers are attracted to certain people, quote, the type and the number of bacteria that live on our skin <laughs> can make us more or less attracted to mosquitoes. So what did we learn today, ladies and gentlemen? Worship. Get in the gym, but not too much. And uh, wear light colors. And maybe, just maybe, you can make it through the summer. This also explains why we are more likely to get bit on the ankles because there are more robust bacterial colonies in those areas, end quote. Well, Dr. Zabriskie is just a wealth of information tonight when it comes to mosquitoes. And I don't why. know what to do with any of this information. Though. You just said it. I don't, mm, you just said mm, it. Okay. And keep, keep that big boy towel on you, too. <laughs> or the preacher towel, I guess. Is that is that the better? I don't know. Oh, man. Um, hey, well, there you go. At least you can. Um, and clean your ankles. That's right. That's right. right. Wash right. your ankles. Wash your ankles. And your feet. Your... In fact, you should have been doing that anyways. I guess so. And don't. Corey Majors, I'm talking to you. It doesn't count to just let the soap run down. <laughs> Wash them. Oh, y'all coming for my shirt because it looks like I'm in jail. Is that what you're saying? They've done that before. That's it was the other shirt, not this one. You got multiple jail shirts? Relax now. This doesn't does this look like I'm in jail? Does this look like I don't know. Okay. That looks nice. Oh, thanks, Rigo. Thanks. I oh. appreciate that. That's nice of you. I think is it the horizontal stripe that does it? Maybe that's what it is. Okay. I don't know. I'm almost giving Beetlejuice vibe or something. Like oh wow! I say it's more Beetlejuice than than, than jail. All right, Rigo. Thank you for your yeah. Which is better in that instance? I don't know if that's any better. <laughs> uh, that's inside the gray area, uh, where there is no gray area, especially when you're getting bit by mosquitoes. Apparently, equal opportunity. <laughs> equal opportunity mosquitoes. Right. Uh, coming up next here on the get right, we get you caught up. On the latest headlines on this Wednesday, including the Rangers moving on to the American Woo! League Division Series. We do it next on 105 Through the Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.